your father is the God of the impossible and what I mean by that is he is the source of the impossible meaning he can overcome any amount of impossible that our life may seem is present at that time <clears throat> the amount of peace that that gives me on a nightly and daily basis is truly insurmountable we have a few needs we're going to take here before the Lord Brother Ronnie Bolton, Billy Trinado, Edna Howe, Erlene Edwards, Becky Chapman, Lloyd Ushry, Alex Stevens, Larry Minot, Steve and Amanda, Jonathan Dickey and the Dickey family. Again, happy to have him here today and tonight. Jonathan Drake. 
Lila, and also Sister Tammy Welch. And at this time, if you have any need in your body, in your mind, in your financial world, in your emotional world, I ask that you would step forward at this time and our ministers will anoint you with oil and pray with you and for you. God, we thank you for everything that you've already done in our lives and everything that you're doing in our lives. God, and we maintain the faith and the belief in you even in our impossible situations, God. Lord, we ask that you would touch these needs here today, God, every spoken need and every unspoken need, Lord. And Lord, most importantly, we pray that your will would be done in each and every one of our lives as it is in heaven. In your great name we pray. Amen.
Yeah. 
say old you veteran married couples y'all y'all sign up for that that's gonna be a great time you can always continue to i think so at least you can always continue to grow and strengthen your marriage i hope that's the case i wouldn't know myself personally but i hope so um the 12th is youth sunday so be here next week for the youth sunday that's gonna be a wonderful time said it once i said it a million times that it's not exclusively for the youth or younger people it is strictly just youth led we want everyone in our entire community to experience god being led by the youth so that would be a wonderful time invite your friends be there and then the 13th is ladies united fellowship women that'll be fun the 21st Tuesday midweek service. I'm assuming that's, uh, yeah, well, duh, it is. That is November. That's 21st of November. So that's, there it is. Thanksgiving. Sorry, y'all. My mind's on Jesus. Uh, Thanksgiving. So Tuesday is going to be midweek service. I'm so sorry. Tuesday is going to be midweek service on the 21st. Mark that in your calendars. The 22nd, there will be no service here. Come pray if you want, but we're going to be eating pie and turkey. So. The 23rd is Thanksgiving. Congratulations, you made it. Then the 26th is Mission Pledge Deadline. So make sure to get that turned in by that day if you have not already. And at this time, we'll take the offering. God, I'd like to thank you on behalf of all of us for everything that you've done for us, Lord. You've always been enough. You've always been actually more than enough. And so, God, we come to you with thanksgiving and with gratitude in our hearts tonight. And, Lord, we ask that you would just continue to bless this people, bless our nation, and bless our world. In your great name, amen. Jesus. 
Jesus, oh, to break every chain, break every chain. 
like I've had it all my life. Thank you, Jesus. I feel so honored to be in the pulpit to be asked to bring this truth. I was at home and thinking about several things next week, and I looked at my text. I'm not real good with my phone and my text and my, when they ring, and my wife tells me half the time, honey, I think you've got it turned off again. I don't know how I do that. I mess with the flashlight and the, the phone <laughs> volume, but Anyhow, I looked down and Brother Meyer had said what I speak tonight, and I was more than glad to do so. I feel very honored to do so. I do have a message. My 
daughter-in-law said to me, well, you haven't even had time to prepare. <laughs> and my, said, my son said, well, he's always prepared. He's been in the ministry for 40-something years. He's got to be prepared. And then he quoted the scripture, be instant in season and out of season. And I said, well, honey, the truth is, I got a message. I've had a message. And I'm so thankful for the Lord, for his mercy, and for what he has shown me. I'm going to try to be as real and as truthful and as uh, expedient as I can be to just give you what the Lord has laid on my heart. And yet I feel so full and abundant and I know that I don't need to tarry all night, but I feel like I could. I feel so full of God's Spirit. But I want to direct your attention to Matthew chapter 17, verse 14. I came in this thing the old-fashioned way. Take a text, read a scripture, quote what the Lord has laid on your heart, watch Him pour out His Spirit, have a good altar service, and go home. I hope that that will bless you tonight. But tonight I am so thankful. I was thinking about uh, what I've been through in just the last few weeks. And, uh, man, I want to tell you, God has really been good to me and my family. Look at uh, Matthew chapter 17. And um, I want to just take for a text 21. It says, How be it this kind goeth out not but by prayer and fasting. I bet you're surprised I chose that after this morning. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the abundance of truth. Thank you for your word and your spirit and the anointing, the power of the Holy Ghost and the blood of the Lamb that flows through this house tonight. Thank you, Lord, for the anointed singing and the worship that we felt, the freedom to worship. Thank you, Lord, for our leaders that lead us in song and worship before you that bring about the victory and the sound of victory before we even proclaim the word of the Lord. And I ask you, Lord, tonight in this congregation, if there be one need, that before we leave this house tonight, God, that we are assured that you are able to meet it and possibly even be met before we leave this house. And Lord, I know that there are multitudes that are in tune online tonight, Lord, as we have done many times in sickness and unable to be here, Lord. I know that there are many women that hunger and thirst to be in this house but are watching this tonight, Lord, and hearing the word of the Lord, maybe traveling down the road, maybe sitting in their home, maybe in the hospital, Lord. But I know, God, that you can reach out and there's no distance in prayer and God that you can touch those men and women uh, those sick in the flesh or Lord God those that are bound uh, God those that have turned their back but are so hungry to find their way back uh, and I just pray God that you would right now pour out your spirit upon all flesh in Jesus name we pray and would you give the Lord a hand clap of praise as you're seated God bless you and again Thank you for allowing me, Brother Meyer, to be here. I suffered a stroke, as you know, about six years ago, and it affected my short-term memory. My wife said I've had it for quite a while. But it really did affect my memory, and I can think something, but I can't always speak it. And so I go to pointing, or I say, you know who I'm talking about, or the one next door, or the little one with the curly hair, until she helps fill it in. So she may jump up and throw in a word now and then. You just never know. That's the Lord giving her the opportunity to speak in these last days. She's always wanted to preach a little. But I am so thankful that God, in all of my afflictions, he never let me down. He never quit using me. There was several years there that I 
walked and I talked and I kept the faith and I battled things that nobody knew of. And one day, laying in bed last year, I just will go there right quick. I had had a dead nerve in my leg since the first hip surgery and I began to exercise it as I'd done morning after morning and all of a sudden I felt the power in my leg and began to twist my ankle and move my toes for the first time in over four and a half years and I thought my goodness the Lord is going to heal me yet in spite of myself and I'm going to be able to walk again like I did without falling every couple of weeks and uh, it wasn't just a couple of days and Brother Meyer called me he said Brother Dickie I want you to preach and I said man I'm ready I feel like the Lord has touched me and I'm ready to preach and man the Lord just allowed me to speak several times I was able to through the winter to speak and enjoyed it and you may not have but I did and it was so rejoicing and, and a blessing time for me and I began to feel like Lord I'm going to get back in there and then in June my other hip locked up and said stop and I last time I preached I was down there and I had a walker and I preached and from that I went home after standing about 30 minutes and I sat there for about six weeks waiting for my surgery to come into place hurting and in pain day and night, anguishing before the Lord, not understanding why. And finally I went to the doctor and I had my surgery and uh, I had pain for two straight days. I, I was mad out of my mind wanting to get out of that hospital. I hurt so bad. And I was thinking, Lord, surely not again. I, I didn't go wrong again in selecting uh, this, but God, I had to have surgery. And, and so finally got out of the hospital. I got home and for a solid week I felt a rod in my hip and in my back. And I said to the doctor, I've not felt this with the first one. Of course, I didn't feel nothing with the first one, and so it, that nerve was dead. And I heard, and I, I thought, God, surely I thought you were going to heal me. I thought you would lift me up and make me feel well. And I took my pain medication three times a day, and sometimes I'd get up in the night and I'd sit in the chair and I'd take my pain medication and I'd walk, and sometimes I'd stand and I'd pray and I'd talk to the Lord. And and we questioned, and I questioned him, Lord, why? Why is it this way? And why didn't you heal me? And Lord, I'm not a, 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 a blaming you. I'm not accusing you. But Lord, I'd just like to be out of this. And Lord, for sure, I'm sick and tired of hearing my name on the prayer list. Amen. I'm tired of seeing it on the prayer list. I hated it. Then all of a sudden, the Lord touched me, and that pain began to subside. And I began to think, well, I think I'm going to feel good after all. And got up, and I told the wife, I said, man, I, I have no pain. I'm feeling good. And I, I'm ready to go to church. It had been about five weeks, and I was already driving and walking and doing everything except for that pain. And she said, I've hurt my back. Took her to the doctor, and sure enough, she'd ruptured two discs, possibly when she fell back in the summer. <laughs> you just want to sat down and cry, but instead I found one of Brother Meyer's spirits in me that he said he laughed at certain things, and I got tickled again thinking, you just really don't want me to go to church, do you? <laughs> and he don't. He don't want anybody to be here. And I battled that, and I battled it, and, and I, I stayed with my wife. She couldn't even get anything for herself, and after about two weeks, I told her, I said, honey, uh, it's cooking and, and vacuuming and stuff. It's just not for me. You're going you're gonna to have to get well. So therapy and everything and prayer and uh, thank the Lord she's back with us tonight. But just the time that she got well, I had to go to the doctor to get my final clearance. And I was in a hurry and being nice and fit like I am, I put that pet leg on and I rushed to put that other one in and it was the new leg and I twisted it and it popped and for two solid weeks, I was in excruciating pain. And I thought, Lord, why? 
Why? Again. Yet again, I, I was walking, I was driving, I was feeling good. Lord, I was going to church. I was so excited. I was going to be back in church. And the wife was going with me. We were going as a family. And she went off without me. And there I sat for two weeks. And all of a sudden, I began to get really sick and tired of being sick and tired. I got sick and tired of not being the kind of home and family that I thought the Lord wanted us to be. I got sick and tired of seeing the devil win and me lose. I got sick and tired of seeing things happening in churches all over town and people not going to church and getting discouraged and driving by and they not even be there at church on Sunday morning or Sunday night or Wednesday. And I began to take account and I began to quote the scripture and I began to say it is surely the end times that are upon us. I began to see the wars and the rumors of war. I heard about all the wickedness in the the uh, the uh, uh, the world and and in this president and that president and this leader and that leader and I thought Lord surely this is a mixed up in a terrible world and and I thought but you know Lord you are for sure uh, if there's anything I can hold on to tonight Lord it is you uh, when all the world around me is sinking sand uh, when I'm not even together uh, in my home or my family with my children with with relatives with loved ones uh, when I can't even be with my church folks uh, Lord I know that you're there and you're going to stand by my side uh, but this one thing I know Lord I'm sick and tired of being defeated uh, I'm sick and tired uh, of not knowing uh, what's going to happen or, or how it's going to come out I believe you Lord for every bit of it but Lord I need some reassurance and I began to feel the spirit of the Lord just a, just a little unction inside of me. Just a little bit like maybe you could ride a bicycle again. Maybe just like maybe you could skip again. Maybe you could do like Brother Meyer and leap up on a pew again. Maybe you could jump off of a platform where you saw how I got up on it, but at least I got up on it this time. But I'm believing. And I thought, Lord, surely I can get my health back. And surely, Lord, I can go forth. But if like Jacob, I grab my fire and I drag it along with me, let there be a change in me. Let there be a miracle happen in my soul and in my family. For God, I'm hungry and I'm thirsty for your righteousness and your love and your mercies. We find the disciples here with our Lord. And the Bible says that when they were all come together, the multitude there came unto him, verse 14, a certain man kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son. I have sons, and I've prayed many times, Lord, have mercy on them. You have children, and I know many of you have, listen to me carefully, have prayed, Lord, have mercy on my child. Some of you have children that were raised in this church, and they're not here today, and they're out. Out of the love and mercy of God, you would think, but they're not. Some of them have not darkened the door in many a year. And it seems like so many of our young people, when they get that driver's license and they hit 18, they just hit that world, and they, they go in gung-ho. And he said, Lord, my son has an affliction. And I brought him to thy disciples, and they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. How many of you want to take your children to Jesus tonight? How many of you know how to take your children to Jesus tonight? Seriously, how many of you know those grown adult children or those grown family members or that husband or that wife or that neighbor or that mother or that dad that has grown and out from underneath your protection? Do you really know how to take them to Jesus tonight? Thank goodness this boy was small enough 
enough and young enough, but as you see here, he was demon-possessed, and the Father took him before the Lord. The Lord said, bring him hither to me, and Jesus rebuked the devil. And can I hear you say amen tonight? Jesus said, I rebuke you, Satan, for what you're trying to do in the life of this child. I want to tell you something, friend. The Bible says greater things has he done or that he has done shall we do. We are able through him to do great and wonderful works, but we got to know who we are and whose we are and who he is. And I want to tell you, if you will get a hold of this thing with me tonight and begin to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and what he is doing and what he wants to do, and I believe, I suffered and I thought, Lord, probably this is it. There's not going to be that great revival I thought there was going to be. It's going to be a great revival, but not like what I thought. And then I began to seek and to, to find the face of God and begin to find that God was willing to be there with me and to help me if I just knew the power that he had. And Jesus rebuked the devil and said unto him, depart out of him. And the child was cured from that very hour. I wish the Lord would come and heal my family. I, I wish the Lord would come and heal my wife or my son or my daughter or my mom or my dad or I just wish the Lord would come and be in church and he'd preach the message or sing the song or teach the class because if the Lord would come, surely they would be delivered. That's not his plan. He's come. He's done what he's going to do. Now he wants to work through you and me. But the enemy has suffered blindness upon the generation today of people. And he has blinded us to the truth and the power that we have in the name of Jesus. Uh, let me tell you, 28 years ago, we came to this church uh, in the name of Jesus. Uh, we uh, came into this truth 30 years ago uh, in the name of Jesus. Uh, we left titles uh, and we came to the power and the knowledge uh, of who Jesus really was. Uh, and I knew that it was for this last day and hour uh, for the Lord began to rise up inside of me uh, and he began to write things in my heart uh, and in my life uh, that in the last hour I would need uh, that name uh, I would need that power uh, it would not be able it would not be uh, suffice uh, to just have religion do you hear what I'm telling you you gotta have the true power uh, of the anointing uh, and the name of Jesus Christ in this day and hour uh, when the trials and the tribulations uh, and the diseases uh, and the perversions uh, come upon this world uh, and upon your family uh, and upon the church uh, you gotta have a name uh, you got to have the name. You got to have Jesus. Somebody say Jesus tonight. And I want to tell you something. Some of us that have that name, been baptized in that name, have walked in that name, we have lost the identity of the true power, of the true walking with our Lord by simply losing out in our relationship with him day by day and hour by hour. And yet we find the very disciples who walked with Jesus they were unable to cast the devil out of this child. And we find this today amongst some of the disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. They love the Lord. They believe he's able. But when it comes right down to it, mom and dad, sometimes we don't have the faith or the power to get a hold of the name that can deliver and heal and set free. How many of you still believe the name Jesus? Amen. Let me hurry on. 
And Jesus said unto them, they said, why could we not cast him out? And Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, if ye have faith as of the grain of a mustard seed, little bitty tiny thing, uh, ye shall say to this mountain, uh, remove hence to yonder place, uh, and it shall be removed. Uh, and nothing shall be impossible to you. Say it with me again. Uh, and nothing shall be impossible to you. And you shall say to this mountain, be thou removed. And nothing shall be impossible to you. And you shall say, be thou removed. And nothing shall be impossible to you. Didn't say anything about Jesus doing it. Didn't say anything about Jesus had to be there. It simply said, you through Jesus, say the name. Proclaim the truth. Remove that mountain and it shall be removed. Hallelujah. For nothing shall be impossible to you. Howbeit this kind cometh not but by prayer and fasting. Last year, right before I had gone to the doctor about my hip that was beginning to give me excruciating pain, I began to feel the need that probably eating all I was eating was not a good thing. And I got to the doctor, and sure enough, I found out it a true because he looked at me and he said, well, Mr. Dickey, I really wouldn't want to touch you because you're pretty obese. That's what he said. And I made the joke. I said, well, the doctor told me if I'm going to have to have hip placement, I'm going to have to go over to the zoo in Dallas to be weighed on the weigher over there. And I took it that way. I meant it that way. I, I wanted to understand that obesity is not a beautiful thing. But I do love that bluebell ice cream. Mm -mm. Lord, have mercy. And it didn't even hurt my feelings. I started to laugh because I thought, well, you know, he's right. Because I could look in the mirror and only see part of me and knew that he was telling the truth. So I didn't want to go to Dallas to have that surgery done because of COVID and all of that. So I began to say to myself, you've got to find some discipline. Everybody say discipline. Do you know Christians have to be disciplined in more ways than one? Listen to me. I'm, I want to try to help you for just a few minutes. What has changed my life in this last year? And Brother Clint, I decided to get a little fourth of a cup and measure my bluebell. Instead of a big bowl like this, it's a little fourth of a cup, and I still got to eat my bluebell, and I felt good about it, and it tastes wonderful. Went away real quick. I ate my potatoes, ate my beans, my piece of meat. I ate everything and anything I wanted within agreement and anything measurably. I cut out some of the meals, and I cut out all my Cokes and my Dr. Peppers, and I began to lose a pound a week. When I got to 30 pounds, I thought, my Lord, I've lost a whole baby. Hallelujah. This is good. Couldn't nobody tell because I'm still wearing a 4X. So I had to tell my family, I'm losing weight. And they said, oh, that's good. Because, you know, fat people are always telling you they lose weight, but you never can tell it. You know, that's the truth. And so when I finally lost that, 60, or that uh, uh, 45 pounds, I was really proud. I, I wanted to go see my brothers and sisters. Oh, I've lost 45 pounds. And look, and I, you know. Still in a 4X, you couldn't tell that I lost much. So I went down to the 3X that I still had in the closet, and it still looked pretty big to me. And then I lost 50. And then I lost 55. A week at a time, a pound at a time, a little bit here and a little bit there. Then I found Bluebell again. <laughs> what a sweet story. And, oh, Lord, I got to eating that a bowl at a time. 
And guess what? I'd gain five and I'd lose five. And I'd gain five and I'd lose five. And I, I battled that five pounds all, for about three or four months back in the summer. And that's about the time I got upset about hearing my name on the prayer list and seeing my fat body and experiencing some of the things that I had. And I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I'm, I'm tired of it. But I'm more tired of spiritual deadness than anything. And Lord, I'm tired of not seeing miracles. And I'm tired of praying and not Seeing an answer. And I want to tell you something. When I got to business with God again, I started losing a pound a week. And when I cut the blue bell down to a, cup, a fourth a cup. Amen. But when I got serious with my God and I started praying, he started laying things on my heart. And my daughter-in-law came to me one night. She said, I'm sick and tired of sitting here on the weekend. She said, there's a revival. I think it was Greenville. I don't know. Maybe it's over in Plano. And she said, brother, what was his first name, honey? Speak real loud. Don't be quiet. Seth Williams and then who's the other guy that wrote the book Josh Herring and she went to that and she'd been praying and I'd hear listening to songs and listening to messages we've been living together because she's getting her house redone that was another thing I was praying about she's got three kids <laughs> we got a two bedroom house she's a nice person to live with though. I'll tell you something she's one of the sweetest besides my wife but my wife knows how to handle me. Stephanie still tolerates me. And she come back from that revival aglow. And she said, I feel changed. And he had wrote a book on fasting called Fast Forward. She said, boy, that got a hold of me. It's like it just leaped inside of me and just did me like this. Because there's a time back in my early ministry when I fasted and prayed like nobody else. And saw signs and wonders and demons cast out and healings. I saw a broken leg healed. Great and wonderful signs done. And all along the Lord been dealing with me about obesity and even about fasting. But I can cut back to a fourth Lord, but I don't know if I can go without. That's hard, especially when you're on your medicine. Isn't that what we say, old folks? Got to take my medicine. Got to have a little bit of food. Amen. So I got to reading that book. I didn't get two chapters into that book and it wasn't that anointed. It wasn't that inspiring, but it just said, if you get hungry enough for the move of God, if you really are sick and tired of being the same way you've been, if you're sick and tired of not seeing things happen in your family, if you're sick and tired of being sick, if you're sick and tired of seeing people lost, if you're sick and tired of not seeing people born again, if you get tired of these things, get serious with God and get down to fasting and praying. That thing got into my heart. It got into my daughter-in-law's heart. It got into my wife's heart. We met one night in the house and I said, it's time for us to begin to fast and pray for the things of God and for revival to happen and for souls to be saved and for people to be delivered because there's people out there in this world uh, that are hurting uh, and they're in pain uh, and the devil's got a hold on them, a stronghold uh, and we need some strong men and women uh, children of God uh, who know the power of God uh, that can say to this spirit be thou removed uh, and he'll be cast into yonder sea I want to tell you we got to have some Jesus named Holy Ghost filled fasting and praying men and women of God to see us through this end time give the Lord a hand clap of praise my Lord have mercy you haven't caught it just yet I said when I got sick and tired of being tired when I got sick and tired of being sick when I got sick and tired of being crippled when I got sick and tired of seeing things happen I asked my family humbly to come together and I told my daughter and I said I don't know if you was raised to fast and pray I wasn't I wasn't raised in a religion that did that but my wife was 
And she pretty well taught me how to fast and pray because her mom and dad fasted and prayed at least one day a week. And my mother-in-law would fast and pray until she shook heaven. She'd go to that prayer room in the morning and she'd go back to the prayer room at lunchtime and she'd go back to the prayer room in the afternoon and they'd shake that whole house. They'd come stay a month or two and I want to tell you, we knew what fasting and prayer was all about. We knew what the power of God was all about and they convinced me and settled it in my heart that fasting and praying brought about certain things and I began to fast one meal and take my medicine and then I fast up two meals and took my medicine uh, and then I began to just surpass uh, those meals uh, and just trust God. Uh, I missed several days of medicine because hours are not every day but I missed several times of medicine uh, because I'd get so caught up in the spirit I'd forget to even take them uh, and I began to fast and pray and I began to feel a change in my body uh, and all of a sudden I realized uh, I no longer needed my pain medication. Uh, I realized I no longer had the pain in my hip. Uh, this whole leg that I just got is better than the one I've had. Uh, somebody say amen. Uh, I said to the Lord, Lord, I wish that doctor had got this one right, because I think I could skip again. I think I could run again. And I don't know if just any time now the Lord's going to get on me and cause those legs to move the right way and me run again. I may even ride a bicycle again. Who knows? But this one thing I do know, my God's going to save. My God's going to deliver. My God's going to Holy Ghost feel. My God's going to have a revival in this last day. If nobody but me and my because I'm hungry and I'll tell you something I love this church with all the depths of my heart I've never been so loved by people like brother sister Meyer and by this congregation and by my friends I just don't know what I would do without you the other night brother Meyer we were sitting in the house and I had my mind occupied on some things and I heard Stephanie over here to my left. She'd been working on the computer and getting her work done from her job. She works from home quite a bit. And I heard her just typing away. Her phone rang. And I heard her say, well, we haven't heard anything. Well, no, Charlie, not that I know of. And I thought, oh, that's Charlie. They're cousins. Did y'all know that? They're cousins. And he had called his cousin and said, cousin, I heard that Jonathan has been in a serious wreck. And he's been life lighted. Do you know what that does to a daddy's heart? Because I had just read in Facebook two hours before my best friend that I grew up with said she was coming through on 1924 and the trucks was obliviated. White truck, my son drives a white truck. And there was fatalities. And didn't know that anybody had lived. But Brother Meyer, I, I'm a nervous person at times and I'm a shy person. I know y'all don't know that either, but I am. And and. Uh, I trust God, but I'm a weary in trusting God sometimes. And, but this time I'd been fasting and praying. They'd been fasting and praying. And a peace. I can't, I can't tell you just how, but you know what it is. <sighs> just swept over that living room. And about that phone, my wife's phone, about that time my wife's phone rang. Almost just seconds apart. And I heard her say, no, Brother Meyer, we, we haven't heard for sure that Jonathan's been in a serious wreck. I still don't know how that happened, Brother Meyer, except by, by God, because he knew it would have been hard to drive to the end of that road and send my child in the condition he was in. It would have been hard to have heard them say that he was being lifelighted and know that he might not make it or might have been dead when he got there. But all of a sudden, a peace come over me. I didn't even feel like jumping up and running, going nowhere. I just picked up the phone and I dialed the sheriff. And I said, sir, uh, my pastor and one of our best friends has called and said our son has been in a serious accident and maybe 
being laughed alone. It may even be a fatality. And he said, sir, I'll have to get a hold of the highway patrol. They worked that. I'll, I'll get him to call you right back. That was the longest 10 minutes of my life. But I want to tell you something. I didn't feel alone. I didn't feel afraid. Oh, you fast and pray. You just see how God will come right down and hold your hand. My pastor had called. That fellow gave me some confidence. Charlie had called. I know that guy since way back when he was a little boy uh, and I'll tell you something that gave me some confidence because I knew that God was telling them uh, and God was going to take care of my wife and me and my grandchildren and my daughter and all and so we sat uh, and we waited uh, and the phone rang and the highway patrolman said Mr. Dickey I, I want you to brace yourself because I've got to tell you some news and I thought Lord uh, I'm ready I'm not ready but I'm ready because Lord I know it's in your hands and he said sir there has been a serious accident at the end of your road I thought at the end of my road, yes. Your son was hit on a motorcycle, motorcycle. I thought it was a I thought it was a truck, Lord. And, and he's been life flighted right now to Baylor Trauma Center. I mean uh Plano Trauma Center. I looked at Steffi and she's looking for her keys. <laughs> I said, Honey, I'm too tired to go. I don't even know that I could drive. We'd had a, a six hour family reunion and my wife was still not feeling too good and I said, I don't think I'll drive you. We'll go. We'll hop in this car. Got our brand new little car just right in time. Going to take you. Do a little, what's that thing called? A Tahoe? Yeah. Oh, pretty little white thing. Just beautiful. Brand, oh, almost brand new. We'll load you up and take you. I want to tell you, God is good. When I can't afford to drive a Tahoe, I got family that does. Ain't that beautiful? <laughs> Hallelujah. And about that time, I, I looked at her and I said, honey, I don't know that that's ideal. And I told the, the, the highway patrol, I said, we're, we're thinking we need to get on the road. And he said, Mr. Dickey, don't do that. He's life-lighted. They're going to have him in ICU. He's going to be this. He's going to be that. There's nothing you can do. And, and he knew that I was disabled and, and not feeling good at that time, my wife. And he said, hold on. Let me get all the answers. I will tell you, next happened, Charlie's uh, nephew-in-law, cousin-in-law, or whatever. He's a paramedic. He calls him, Brother Dickey, I got an update. She said, John has been in a serious wreck. I was there. Here's what happened. Here's where he's at. This is what's taking place. This is what they're doing. This And everything's going to be fine. He's in stable condition right now. I want to tell you, I serve a God who's able to move just like this from one call to another call. You need Jesus in your life, friend. You need Jesus when something happens. You need Jesus when cancer knocks on your door. You need Jesus when COVID comes back. You need Jesus. I'm telling you, when all kinds of perversion come to your schools and try to come to your neighborhoods. Oh, we need Jesus right now. Somebody say, I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm trying to help somebody. I'm trying to hurry. Listen to me. I want to tell you, I was able, I usually will set up my walk and I'll pray and I'll just, oh, I'll just get so anxious. I'm trusting God, but I'm thinking I got to help him. So I'll just talk to him about it. Lord, here's what's going on. Here's what needs to be done. And Lord, you need to be with him. Ah, none of that. God knew where he was. God knew what he needed. God knew who was over. He's in the trauma center. I'm okay. They got the best of doctors. They got, they got everything working out okay. And so I just laid my head down on my pillow for the first time being a father and I closed my eyes and I said Lord when I wake up in the morning you're going to be here on my side I'm telling you the truth my wife was the same way my daughter-in-law was the same way was we anxious yes we were were we concerned out of our minds but did we trust our God with everything we have we trusted God I'm trying to help you danger and heartaches and sickness is knocking at everyone's door and the devil hates those who love the Lord and he walks around like a lion seeking those whom he may devour you need a God in this hour who can bring you through lift your hand up one more time and say Jesus Woo!
Hallelujah. 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 Jesus. Why? Lord, couldn't we do this? Because certain things only come by fasting and prayer. It's been a many years since I did a true fasting and prayer. Oh, I'd hit it and miss it. But I'm talking about where the Lord lays a fast. Something's fixing to happen to some of you. Because we need a revival, don't we? Brother Meyer, would you be okay with a revival? Oh, yeah. Would you be okay with a bunch of new members? Oh, well, it never I want to tell you something. Me and 90 people left our church and filled up the first UPC in, in Lufkin just because the Lord showed us the truth in one day. Do you hear what I'm telling you? 90 people came into the truth in one day. Don't think it can't happen. Because people are hungry. And why does God use these people? And why does God let things happen to us that have this faith in Jesus' name? Because he can prove us. Oh, my God, I felt the Holy Ghost. I said, he can prove us. He can show we're not going to buckle. We're not going to faint. We're not going to give up. We're going to get a hold of the horns of the altar. And we're going to fast and we're going to pray until we move mountains into yonder sea. We're going to believe the Lord for an end time revival. We're going to believe the Lord for the salvation of our children. Oh, my Lord and my God. Some of you are sitting there tonight and you're just about to grip the pew because you've had such a burden for your lost family, your lost children, your lost companion. Don't you give up hope. But if you're sick and tired of praying the same old prayer, and if you're sick and tired of coming to church alone, and if you're sick and tired of holidays without your loved ones, get away from the table and fall down upon your knees and begin to call upon the name of the Lord and see what he will do. I wish somebody with breath would just shout out hallelujah. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We got there on Sunday morning and old Charlie had done beat us there. Why, he had done been there an hour or two with his best friend sitting by his side. John, can I tell what he said? Would it be okay? I want to tell you something. My, my son is so, so wonderful. Lord, I've enjoyed him this last couple of weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. My Lord. Charlie come out and he said, Brother Dickie, he's pretty serious, but he got to talk to me in his face. He said, Charlie, I should have been dead. Now you have to know Charlie because he's just plain as day. And he said, well, John, the Lord wasn't going to take you because you wasn't ready yet. <laughs> That's what friends will do for you. That's what family will do for you. They'll just tell you. My sisters will call me and tell me so much truth. Oh, Lord, I get tired of hearing it. They would tell me when I was fat and when I looked fat. Amen. When I was overeating. Yeah, family will do that because they love you. We had a good laugh about it. I went back. My wife and Stephanie went back on Monday. We drove home Sunday. They went back on Monday and wouldn't let me go. I had to take care of the kids take them to school. And I was just antsy. They didn't want me going. I really didn't feel like it that day. They went back and... They come back to tell me he was pretty serious how hard he was having. I remember just a few weeks ago being in the hospital. I didn't even have a reacher. They give you a reacher to reach things. I couldn't even reach the table, the clinics, nothing, the trash can. And I laid there in that bed and I'd have to hit that little button and that, wait an hour for the nurse to come. And I thought, they know none of my people going to be that way again. I'll be there with them. I got my backpack. I just had hip surgery. There wasn't no place to sleep, but I was going to make me a place because I'm going to be there with my child. I got over there. Brother Meyer, that's the softest old plastic recliner I've ever seen in my life. 
I crawled up in it the first night, but just being there with him and hearing him talk about the Lord and the goodness of the Lord and God's provision and God's salvation and God spared and what God had done and what God had shown. Oh, I can't wait for him to share one day with you. Just, oh, if you just knew what the Lord told him even two weeks before it happened, my Lord. God listens to fasting prayer. You hear me? God moves ahead. He said, Daddy, look, look at this. Two weeks ago, I wrote this, and the Lord told me this. Can you believe that? I said, yes, son, because your mama and Stephanie and I have all been fasting and praying. What are you trying to do, Brother Dick? I'm trying to tell you what is it you're hungry for and how hungry are you for it because your miracle and your happening is just that close, fasting and praying. If you get hungry enough to begin to call upon the name of the Lord and can push back a meal. But if I can't fast a whole day, don't go for a day. Go for one meal. That's what I told Sam. I said, honey, let's start out with one meal. I was so happy when I accomplished that. I know you can go all day. You're just saying, Brother Dickie, a meal? yeah, a meal. It started out with one meal. Then I went to two. And then I figured out I could do one meal that day, skip 24 hours and do another. And I was, how long? I got 24 hours in that way. That helped me. Then I found out if you eat a little soup and you go to water and you eat a few vegetables, for you know how you fast. A lot of people don't. But I found out how to begin to fast and God began to honor it. And so when I needed him, he was there. I don't want to go into any more with the story except to tell you this part of it. Just this last week while we was laying there and John was so critical and he was in and out and he was awake this time and the rehab crew came in and said, Mr. Dickey, we are from the rehab and prosper and we have... Uh, Decided that we will take Jonathan for at least three, maybe possibly six weeks for rehab. Now, it's going to be pretty hard because he's going to have to go three hours a day. And he's going to have to be there for three to six weeks. And I was thinking, I want to take him home. I, I, I don't know that I can stay in a chair another six weeks. I need, I need him home. And he was wanting to go home and Next thing I knew, I, I, I left one day. Stephanie stayed one day and I left. And I, when I come back. He had gone from just standing up by the bed to walking across the hall and down the hall one day. I thought, my Lord, I thought he broke his back. This happened. Then the next time he was outside and on the patio, just within days. And the team came back to me and said, Mr. Dickey, I hate to tell you this, but there's not enough diagnosis to get him covered for rehab or even insurance. <laughs> Two weeks. You hear me? Two, oh, he's not three. He's got another skin graft or two, but I'll tell you something. My God, whom I serve, he is able. You know the same God. You've seen his miracles. I want to help you with this. Some of you are struggling like I was with family members being lost or your health and your body or whatever it is. But I feel the Lord told me to just say to you, my brothers and sisters, thank you for loving me so much in my family and doing so much for us in these last few days. Just the calls and the cards alone. I think I had a hundred and something texts in one day that was just astronomical. I couldn't answer them all, but I loved them all. Because I knew somebody was praying with me and loved me. But immediately, Sister and Brother Crawford, when these things began to happen, I thought, if God can do it for my child, John shared with me some things. And I thought, if God can do it for my Jonathan, he can do it for your Jonathan. That's the truth. Your Jonathan came to my mind. And then I began to think about so many others of you in the church that you've been praying for your children and your loved ones. And what, if God can do it for Brother Dickey, he's no respecter of persons. Brother Clint, he can do it for anybody. Any mom, any dad, any brother, any sister, any child. 
if you'll just trust the Lord. I hope that I have helped your faith just a little bit tonight. But we are not beaten down. We are not giving up. We're not going to quit. We're about to come through this thing with the greatest revival we've ever had. How bad do you want it? Answer that question. And when you find out the answer, then get up and get busy with God and see just what he will do. God bless you, Brother Meyer. Thank you for allowing me to be here. Those of you that would like to gather around the front and just take about three to five minutes travailing over people, family, friends. The Bible said when Zion travails, sons and daughters shall be born. And Brother Dickie is exactly right. He's fitting it into prophecy. When you look around, you see the beauty of the revival and the disaster of unbelief. They are both parallel in the end time. Sing it. If you've got tears for a loved one, true travail. You've got a friend that you want to go to heaven with. Yeah.
said the joy of the Lord is our strength and so he said rejoice in the Lord so we need to rejoice right now over the word the spirit and our future hallelujah show him with a hand clap of praise or shout unto him with a voice hallelujah to the lamb hallelujah to the lion of the tribe of Judah Hallelujah to the victory of the grave. Hallelujah for the church age. Hallelujah for the rapture. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you again, Brother Dickie. Sister Dickie, thank you for keeping him built up. And my, 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 what a great night. And no wonder God put it in my heart to ask him to speak tonight. What a great ministry. 